You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. And welcome to the Voice of Charity. I'm Katie Breedeman here with my colleague Phil Zapeta. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Katie. Nice to see you, you as always. You as well. Thank you so much. And and we're so delighted to be here with everyone who is listening on WNDZ, 7:50 a.m. here in Chicago, and all who are watching our live stream on YouTube and Facebook at Catholic Chicago, which, as you all know, is the account for the Archdiocese of Chicago. As regular listeners of The Voice of Charity know, we always love the opportunity to thank our parish partners who generously join in the work of Catholic Charities throughout the year as part of the service ministries within their parishes. Today, it is our great pleasure to welcome two great leaders from the historic St. James Parish in the South Loop and talk about our collaboration in recent weeks and over many years. Now, we know, Katie, that St. James Parish has been a vibrant faith community since the mid-19th century. Wow. I know. (laughs) You know, and and evolving as uh, events affecting the city of Chicago, our region, and our nation have transpired over the years. So please join us in welcoming from St. James Parish, again, two wonderful leaders, Father Dennis Berry and Craig Leslie. Good morning and welcome to the Voice of Charity to the both of you. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice to be with y'all. Thank you. We Thanks so thrilled. much for ta- taking the time to be with us. I also just wanted to share that uh, uh, the pastor for St. James Parish, Father John Edmonds, was not able to be with us today, and, and we uh, look forward to having him on the show another time. But we're so thrilled to have both of you to talk about our collaboration and all the ways that we're trying to you know, help people who are struggling um, in our city and our uh, the neighborhoods around St. James Parish, but also just in the broader uh, network of Chicago. Um, Father Dennis, can we please start with you? Can you tell us how long you've been at St. James? And can you tell us a little bit about the history behind this great parish? Well, I've actually been here about just a little over a year. So it's been a a great journey for me uh, to... I've known the parish since uh, our priest. I'm a missionary servant of the Most Holy Trinity, Father John Edmonds is. And uh, we were asked to take responsibility for the parish about seven or eight years ago, I believe it is now. And uh, so I've been here a year. Uh, the parish, of course, uh, is, I think, dates from actually uh, 1855. Uh, and that's when it was founded. And then, uh, at, and then when this church, the church was built and the rectory was built, uh, was around 1893, uh, 94, right in that in that period, right there. <clears throat> it's been, uh, it's it's uh, it was at the time. We have a newspaper article from those days, and it's described as as uh, the most prestigious church in the most prestigious area of Chicago. So um, that was quite a thing. Well, uh, I don't think they would probably describe us in the same way today because <laughs> things, life changes. And uh, 
but certainly it, it is a magnificent church. Uh, the actual church building uh, was built in that at the same period of time, as I said, the, and uh, unfortunately, because there was an architect, there was the same architect who did the cathedral, Holy Name Cathedral, um, there was a, some sort of architectural issue uh, that eventually came out after, hundred, after many, many years that needed to be repaired. And so the decision had to be made what to do with that. And so apparently the decision, we were not here at the time, but the decision was made to, to they would have to take down the church. Uh, but that certainly has not dampened the, the life and the vitality of this community. It's absolutely amazing to me. I, I uh, you know, we have mass every Sunday now in what used to be the church hall in this very, very nice, uh, nice building. And um, it's, it's really a little taste of heaven. I mean, we have people from, I think it's 32 or 35 different countries who attend the mass. Uh, they have the flags of each country uh, uh, on the wall behind us. And so it's really uh, magnificent music, it's zoomed all over the place, uh, live streamed. And so it's just been a very, for me, it's been a beautiful experience to, to uh, be a part of this community. Uh, and to feel so welcome there. It's a very welcoming community and every after every mass and, you know, everything. And so. Father, you, you mentioned, you know, so 18, 1855, let's let's take everybody back to that time. The, the city was it was growing at the time, had a population of, of 80,000 people in 1855. Um, and it was St. James Parish was uh, founded in 1955 to minister to the 25 English-speaking families near the city's lakefront at 26th and Calumet. So South Loop today may have a, a, a little bit different of an area. That might be Bronzeville um, more, but it's it's inclusive of that South Loop area so that our listeners get a sense of the communities that we're talking about. And it was originally known as Carville. That was news to me as well, too. Um, the ninth Catholic church in the city. And the first entry in the parish register was the baptism of uh, infant William Patrick Whalen, recorded on May 27th, 1855. So what a rich history of going back that far. How often does it strike you, you know, Father, of, of, of just that, the, the, the decades and decades of faith building and service that have happened within, the, within this parish community? Well, yes, I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, as I said, I'm new to the parish myself. So I, I, what I keep thinking about is actually the love and the faith that built this parish, built this community, and was passed from generation to generation. And even as new peoples came in and new communities came into the area, uh, we're, we're right next to IIT, the um, Illinois Institute of Technology, so we have a lot of students come over for mass and uh, and be a part. They're a part of our community. We do the uh, what do you call it? The uh, campus ministry for them. So it's it's uh, it's it really speaks to the the continual grace of the kingdom of God. That it just from that first gentleman, you first little boy you you mentioned there, who was baptized here to today, where we just had a baptism just a, a two weeks ago, a week ago here in the parish, and it's another little child into the kingdom of God. And you so know, it's a wonderful gift. We're very aware that St. James Parish is active, as we've talked about, in the evolving needs of the city and our region and our nation. Um, and, and you've been working with Catholic Charities in, in assistance to asylum seekers 
who are trying to establish uh, new lives and, and with stability in Chicago. Can you talk to us a little bit uh, more about the work of St. James Parish and your leaders there? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I could talk a lot. So I, you just break <laughs> it and tell me when to stop talking. Well, okay? yeah. Paint a, paint a picture for our listeners of, of, the need, of, the, of the need of these individuals and how a, a leadership through faith service is helping here. Uh, yes, well, we actually first started noticing the people coming, and they came to the food bank. Or we have a food bank here which takes, which cares for, I think it's 1,300 or 1,700 families a month. That's amazing. Um, then, That's an uh, incredible amount, yes, Father. And, and, and yes, and when Craig can tell you a lot about that, because I think they also, I know four days a week, they also have daily uh, feed, uh, uh, what do you call it, lunch program for the people who come. And so they, I think it's up to 3,000 people a month they, they're feeding also, providing lunch for. So that's where we actually first became aware of the situation of the people, you know, so that, uh, that there started to come a few Spanish-speaking people, solely Spanish-speaking people, to the food bank. And so that's where, you know, Father John, our pastor whose office is in the food bank, uh, reached out to me and asked me if I could go over because I've been serving in the community, the Spanish community, for over 50 years now. And uh, so I went over there, and then that's where we met people. We found out that there was a shelter for these immigrants that were arriving, asylum seekers, coming from mainly Venezuela in those days. And that would have been probably in um, late 2022 or early 2023. And there was a shelter with uh, on Calumet, in Calumet Street with perhaps, uh, I think it was at that time, maybe 250 young men. And uh, so we went over there and just met a few people. And that's, but by that, it wasn't overwhelming as it has become, really. That's the truth. Uh, it was, uh, it was, the city was able to provide everything that the people needed. It was very well organized, etc. But your, but your um, well-established food pantry, Father, obviously was just such a blessing to those folks who uh, were trying to uh, just get by day to day until they established themselves further. I know your food pantry is, is uh, around 50 years now, and, and so what a blessing that must have been uh, to, to so many of those um, new arrivals in Chicago. Well, yes, and, and especially also I'll suggest that the daily... Uh, because in the, in the in those early days, there was no place to cook in the shelter. Well, there still is no place to cook in the shelters. So there, um, but the, but having the daily uh, luncheon program was just a big help because it gave people a place to to share and to eat and to, and uh, and to start to feel a part of the community. That was how our initial connections to the to the community. Since that time, as you all know very well. Uh, Things have increased dramatically, so that now I think it's uh, I think there's 20 police stations that have uh, I think it's what is it three to four thousand? You know, I don't know the exact number, but it's in the thousands yeah. living in front of the police stations. And and Craig, and I, have, excuse me, f please yeah. go ahead, Father. No, no, we have we have one of the main police stations for just for the South Loop for the Loop actually District One is right on State Street. Okay, and so we that's. Uh, so we're we're responsible as a parish archbishop has or the archdiocese of has, has asked us the parishes to take care of the people on in the uh 
you know, with certainly with the assistance of Catholic Charities, to take on the help of the people on the streets there in front of these police stations. And so that's the particular station that we're working with at this time, Station District 1 on District State Street. District 1 in the police station. And I know, Craig, you've been very helpful uh, in an initiative in recent weeks of helping the asylum seekers who are temporarily living in that District 1 police uh, station until they find more long-term housing. You've been helping in the program to distribute Ventra passes, am I right? So that so that they uh, the asylum seekers can find, start to find their way around Chicago through our public transportation system. Yeah, it's been um, it's been really interesting. The uh, the fact that people are sort of marooned in these locations, right. and yet are making appointments for medical care or um, things associated with their asylum status and things like that, and they had really no way to get to them. And giving um, giving the Ventra passes has actually opened the door for many many people to. Uh, explore our city. I mean, we are a city of immigrants, and it's nice to get around and see what the city has to offer, but more importantly, to make appointments to access the public health uh, facilities that we have. And transportation, as you know, in any large city is key. So yeah, it's been really interesting and, and very, very gratifying to work with that process. And, and what other things have you been doing in the parish in, in recent years, Craig? What other ministries are you involved with? What, what do you find to be the most rewarding? Um, most of my commitment and things like uh, facilitating have been, there have been some things in the church itself, but the real gem to me has been working in the food pantry. Um, as Father mentioned, there's a fairly large number of people who actually have come to rely upon our pantry to fulfill, if not their whole food needs, maybe some needs, uh, niche needs, I guess is a good way to describe it. So many people will come to our pantry and go shopping in our, our store. We have them wheel around a cart, just like shopping at a grocery store, and make choices on their own about what things they want to have for their food. The thing that's really exciting about that is a huge portion of them speak little or no English. So it's a challenge for anybody who works there to be cognizant of the fact that these folks aren't English speakers but welcoming them in whatever way we can with gesture, with smile, with enthusiasm, so that they know that this is a place that they can come to for their food needs. Right on. That's so impressive that, that uh, the parish is adapting as it has in many times in its, in its long history uh, to address the needs of residents in the community. It's really inspiring, Craig and Father Dennis. If you'll please bear with us, we're going to take a break here on The Voice of Charity. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation about the historic St. James, Par James Parish in the South Loop and the wonderful collaboration with Catholic Charities in recent weeks and over many years. Please stay tuned. Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. 
Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with the decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Catholic Charities Refugee Resettlement Program has been especially busy this year, assisting individuals and families who have fled dangerous situations in their homeland, including Afghanistan and the Ukraine. The Refugee Resettlement Team helps with everything they need to start to rebuild their lives in a new country, including housing, employment, clothing, food, English classes, and referrals for legal and immigration services. The refugees are tremendously grateful for the compassion and practical help they're receiving, and they're giving back and helping each other plan for a brighter, safer future. Volunteer opportunities are currently available for those who would like to be family mentors and tutors so children and adults can practice English. To learn more about these rewarding opportunities, call 312-655-7096. That's back to the Voice of Charity. I'm Phil Zapeta here along with Katie Breedeman. We have wonderful guests, wonderful leaders from St. James Parish in the South Loop on the south side of Chicago. We are joined by Father Dennis Berry and Craig Leslie, two leaders within in the parish. We're talking about so much in this historic parish that, that goes back to 1855 and their, their tremendous sense of community that they've been able to foster you know, over decades and decades through everything that's changed within our, our community um, and, and our nation. Katie and I, over the break, were just talking about the power of volunteers and how they are the lifeblood 
of, of any community, particularly a, a parish or a faith-based organization. Yeah, no, you're so right, Phil. And we were also um, marveling at when you mentioned, Father, that there you know, might be people from as many as 32 or 35 countries, and you referenced it too, Craig, about the language barriers that, that might exist um, in the parish. I'm, I'm wondering if both of you might speak a little bit toward that and uh, how you overcome those um, differences. It's, it's, as you said, it's a very uh, a rich, you know, wonderful, diverse uh, group of parishioners um, but what are some of the ways that you uh, address that so that you find volunteers who speak different languages? Are you, are you continuously looking for those who might be able to bridge the gap a little bit? Father, can we start with you? Well, you know, I think, I think actually Craig came up with the answer, really, to tell you the truth a minute ago <laughs> when he was talking about his work in the, in the food bank. Because, uh, you know, we have uh, several of our Spanish community of people, of the asylum seekers coming from, uh, starting to come from shelters and coming from, uh, from the street itself, actually, from, this, from the District 1. And they come to Mass, our Mass on Sunday at 9.30, and then every Sunday they have a beautiful hospitality time and meeting time and food time after mass for everyone and uh the it's just amazing to me the these people who speak no english and most of our parishioners do not speak spanish at all craig served in the peace corps and he can tell you more about that for a number of years but uh, he speaks spanish thanks be to god but i'm just amazed people that don't speak spanish and these people don't speak english they'll sit at the same table and they'll talk and I don't laugh and and there's just the communication of goodness and love and care and then when you get somebody who does speak Spanish that can also bridge that gap but it's uh I think that's the way the communication really happens as Craig was saying is is that it's through gestures through care I think God uses our hearts to communicate many things to others without the ability perhaps of language there's many languages and i think the language of of love really i, I it, it comes across in different ways and that's uh, I, I don't know what craig thinks but that certainly has been my experience Beautiful, beautifully that. said father Dennis. beautifully said let's let's throw it over to craig craig in 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 relation to that you know wh what's the calling that you heard to bring you to saint james parish and what's been your journey with the community um we came, my wife and I came to uh, St. James to see a confirmation of one of the children of one of her co-workers. And we had been in another parish in town, and it was really interesting for us to see this wild, diverse community that uh, nobody's from here. <laughs> everybody, everybody brings their own story and their own, their own trajectory that got them to James, uh, St. James. But the richness and the variant uh, variation of those uh, of those stories is something to uh, something to really treasure uh, father was talking a little bit about our our coffee and and coffee and food in the basement after the uh, after the services and that's an opportunity for people to sit down and actually tell their story and sometimes people like me who mutter through uh, in spanish try to act as translators so that the story or the, the the drive that makes the story comes across to the people who don't understand Spanish, in my case. In the pantry, it's even more interesting because literally people come there with no English. They're Chinese 
speakers from Canton, occasionally Mandarin, uh, but also Lithuanian and Russian and South Asian languages and Indian language, Indian subcontinent languages. And food preferences are really, really interesting. Um, we have a garden associated with the church and they suddenly started producing bitter melon, which is a delicacy for the Chinese, uh, the Chinese cooks that come through our pantry. For, unfortunately, it's fall and the fresh vegetables aren't coming from that garden anymore, but it's a real education, I guess, for me to see other people's food preferences and how they react as, as cultures in the pantry environment. Yes, English is the language we all try to speak, but mostly it's just pointing at things and smiling and said, you want some of this? So it's really, uh, really gratifying to experience that kind of transcultural communication. It's truly beautiful when, when you're not just providing people with food, but you're, you have that cultural sensitivity and awareness to say, I, I understand, and it's our understanding, and, and talking with them and having discussions and finding out this is what they like, this is what they enjoy. It's the nourishment of food. It's just not about nutrition. It's about you know lifting us up and, and living a, a, a life in service. And it's beautiful that you pay attention to, to such uh, an, an interesting characteristic that could be lost by so many people. Well, just give them food to eat. You can't do that, right? It's never just the food. No, never just no. the food. Uh, so, uh, Father, let me let me ask you. You know, you've, you've, we recognize that it's just been a short time with St. James Parish, but you know, uh, even with within the food pantry work or in other ministries within the parish, what are you finding as a, as a moment that you're especially proud of that that your mind instantly goes to when you think about the community of St. James? <laughs> well, <laughs> gotcha. You know, well, it's, uh, I, I really, I guess I'd have to go back to, I think, the liturgy on Sunday. It's, it's, uh, it's a really, uh, as, as I think, as I think Craig said, I mean, there's, it certainly is the diversity of people, magnificent diversity of people, uh, but it's also this caring for one another and, like the great, like the mother, I was corrected. I called her the grandmother. She says, "I am not the grandmother. I am the mother of this parish," and she's like a ninety-four-year-old African-American woman who is this tremendous force of nature. And then there's a ninety-four-year-old sister who uh, it, it walks uh, eight miles a day, and she's a member of the parish community. And then there's all these young people, uh, triplets of. Uh, I have they're all studying at IIT. Uh, it just goes across the board, but there's this sense of unity and joy and hope and courage that comes from that uh, from that community. And and then I think that everything else proceeds from that. So that the food services, the outreach to the newly arriving immigrant community, um, all of it just proceeds from this source of God's love and God's grace experienced and shared in this, in this liturgy and, and in the community and the sharing and the other moments of the, of the gathering, you know, and that's, that's beautiful. So that's, yeah, that would be my, my experience. No, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Sorry for stepping over your words. I just want to remind 
our, our listeners that the parish community celebrates liturgy in the parish hall on Sundays and holy days on weekdays. Mass is celebrated in the Father Tolton Chapel in the rectory. The, the food bank, which we referenced there, the food pantry, rabbit, uh, actually, uh, and the parish offices are located at 2907 South Wabash. Um, and, and thanks in part to the generosity of Catholic Charities. It's, a, it's an amazing partnership that we have, uh, but I wanted to make sure our listeners had that. And, and that if anybody wants to learn more about volunteering, you know, or participating in the liturgy or the life of the parish, the parish office phone number is 312-842-1919. Um, can I ask you real briefly, uh, Father Dennis and Craig, is there, you know, ways that you'd like to see our, your relationship with Catholic Charities expand um, after, you know, recently working with them on these venture cards for, for the asylum seekers? Um, Craig, may I start with you? Sure. Uh, one of the things that was clear about the venture card distributions was that this is a really huge asset for people who are marooned. You mentioned the police stations. There's a lot of folks that are in O'Hare right now. And if you know anything about O'Hare, there's no way to get to or from O'Hare except on public transportation. Right. right. I mean, you can walk down streets, but it's, it's, it's pretty far. So I think that the fact that we're looking at specific needs that this migrant community has with an eye to the idea that you can't do everything, but at least you can do something uh, and make that kind of something count for the, or add to, add to dramatically the other things that are being provided for them by the city. Housing at a police station is not really good housing, but it precipitates people making drive-up donations of sleeping bags and winter clothing and the the, the, the spin-off actually of, of our participation on a minor thing like giving a, somebody a, a venture card to get around town brings other people awareness of the uh, of the massive need that these folks have they get off a bus with a t-shirt and it's Chicago, and it's winter, and it's snowing. Coats are really, really essential. Yeah. Kids come with them. Sleeping bags, things of that sort are vastly needed and certainly not plentiful in the community. Well, St. James, James Parish is obviously so fortunate to have the two of you among its leaders, uh, very dynamic, committed leaders. Um, and we've been so inspired to hear about your parish um, and to frankly meet you both today. And, and I personally look forward to staying in touch with you as our uh, collaboration develops in, in the months to come. Thank you so much, Father Dennis and Craig, for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. And Merry Christmas to you and your families and everyone at St. James uh, Parish. We're, we're looking forward to hearing more about the amazing journey and the future history to be made there. Uh, as for our listeners, we invite all of you back again next week for another edition of The Voice of Charity. For now, this is Phil Zapata along with my colleague Katie Breedeman uh, thanking you for tuning in and believing in the mission of Catholic Charities. Have a great week.